happening, International Christian Fellowship Rome and ICF Rome around the country and around the world. Welcome to our Sunday encounter. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, and I'm so thankful that you are joining us. I have my sign today, smile, because I want you to know God wants to give you a word for your life that puts a smile in your heart. I also want you to know as you lean into the presence of the Lord, as you lean into the worship and the word, let God do something in you that will cause you to put a smile on his face. He has a great and powerful word for you this morning, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Oh, we can do better than that. Good morning, church. Yes, let's, let's give a clap of freedom to God. Okay, so this month we are talking about completely thankful. And I want to start by sharing a story with you. In 1789, the constitution that the United States of America is using currently was written. And you can see on your screens a man who was called George Washington. And on the 3rd of October, that same year in 1789, he made a Thanksgiving proclamation. And this proclamation, he was designating for the people of the United States to have a day of public Thanksgiving. You see, the Thanksgiving proclamation that he made many years ago is celebrated worldwide in homes, even as of today. Last Thursday happened to be Thanksgiving. And if there are Americans here, they'll agree with me that there were people around the world who were celebrating the Thanksgiving. And I want to read parts of the proclamation. And again, I know there are different sides and people say different things about Thanksgiving. But I want us to go to the original proclamation to see some of the things there. And this is just a disclaimer. I'm not going to read everything. I'm reading part of it. It's not intentional. It's just to, to shorten what the proclamation says. So it says, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly to implore His protection and favor, to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Amen. This was the proclamation that was made by the first president of the United States, and that is why they celebrate Thanksgiving as at today. And he was saying, we have to say thank you to the God, to our God Almighty. Shall we pray? Father Lord, we thank you for all you've done for us, and Father, as we are about to hear your word, we pray that you open our hearts, you open our minds, that you will let us understand everything that you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. So this month we've been talking about completely thankful. And if you've missed the previous weeks, you can go to the website icfroom.org to view some of our sermons. You can go to our Facebook page and our YouTube pages as well. And I just want to recap some of the things that we've heard 
over the past few weeks from our pastor, Pastor Jennifer. Pastor Jennifer said, thankfulness requires attitude and action. So it's not enough to just say, I'm thankful, but it has to show in your attitude. It has to show in your actions. And the Bible says, put on the full garment of praise. So you should always exude that characteristic. And then she also said, thankful, thankful living opens the door. And this was a picture Pastor Jennifer used to explain to us. And you see, there are many doors that have been opened. And what she said, I remember, and what I was thinking about when she was preaching was, you have one door that opens, and then there's another door that also opens, leading into another room. Sometimes we have one door open, and then once we walk in, we think that is it, and then we don't thank God, because we prayed and the door is open. But prayer... And, 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 and thankful living opens the other doors that will lead to other doors being opened as well. And she also spoke about the tug of war with the rope. So those of you who were here, you remember that we had people who were helping Pastor Jennifer. There was a rope. And she was saying it's a tug of war. It's, it's a tug of war. The enemy wants you to drop your rope, but God wants you to know that he's on the other side of the rope, and he's holding the rope for you. Amen. And he, she also mentioned with puzzles, and we have puzzles for, for uh, the complete team. She mentioned that sometimes there is a missing piece in our lives, and that missing piece is living in gratitude. So as we end the series on thankfulness today, because this happens to be the last Sunday of the month, I will talk about some of the benefits of thankfulness, and then I'm also going to talk about some of the consequences of not being thankful or some of the consequences of ingratitude. So I'd like to start with the benefits, and then we'll go to the the consequences of, of not being thankful. If you are taking notes, feel free to add to it what jumps to you. It's possible that you'll you also remember certain things that I'm not going to mention. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a summary of, of some of the benefits of thankfulness. So my first point is thankfulness or gratitude keeps us humble. Now let's see what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? You see, if you, if you think about it, and even in our giving, as, as uh, uh, Bose uh, led us today in giving, if you think about it, there are many things that we have that we, we, someone had to give to us. So I've mentioned this before. Even your salary had to be given to you. So the money that you have in your pockets right now had to be given to you by someone. Is there there anyone here who produces banknotes by themselves? (laughs) No, right? So someone had to give them to you. Someone had to give that money to you. Now, the land that you have or the house that you have, you you didn't create it yourself. It was given to you or the cement you used or the bricks you used. They were given to you. So if you think about it, everything that you have, even the clothes you are wearing today, they were given to you. And so why do we then boast as if we, have, 
remake everything that we have. So thankfulness reminds you of the fact that what you have was given to you, and it keeps you humble. Now, the second point I want to mention today is thankfulness brings peace when there is anxiety. And there are, there are times when it's very hard for us to be thankful. It's easy for us to pray when we are in need, but it's very difficult for us to say thank you when we are in trouble. It's very, very difficult. And, and, and I admit that it's not e- easy for, for me as well. So you are not alone. It's, it's very difficult. But you see, thankfulness helps us see God's hands in all our circumstances. Amen. And when we give God the thanks, he grants us the supernatural peace that we need to be able to overcome the anxiety. Now let's see what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. You see, it says, but in every situation, it didn't say some situations, in every situation, by prayer and petition. And what we do very well as Christians is we know how to pray. We, we, a lot of us know how to pray. When we are in trouble, we know how to pray. But we don't know how to say thank you. We don't know how to say thank you even when we are blessed. Sometimes we pray for a blessing, we get the blessing, and then off we go. We don't say thank you for the blessing. You see, I want you to think of yourselves as as God. Well, just for a second, you, you can't be God, but just think of yourself as God, given to someone who comes to you, begs you for something, and then once you give them the thing, they just leave. They don't say anything, they collect it and then just leave. See, so we have to be thankful at all times, in all situations. And the third point I have for today is gratitude or thankfulness motivates us to believe in God's plan. You see, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians from the 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 16, it says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. A different version says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unseasoned and persistent in prayer. And then it says, In every situation, no matter the circumstances, be thankful. In every situation, in every situation be thankful. So I've already mentioned it's not easy, and I admit that it's not easy, but we have to. Be thankful, and it's going to change your mindset. Being thankful will let you believe in the plan that God has for you. It helps you to to see a bigger picture. Now, we've spoken about some of the benefits, and as I said, feel free to add to that list if you are taking notes. But now we're going to look at some consequences of ingratitude. You see, there is a consequence to ingratitude. We know that God is just, and I I usually say that as Christians, we like the merciful God, but we don't like the just God, but he's the two at the same time, amen. 
So God is just, and there's a consequence for ingratitude. So just like giving of your gifts and talents and giving what you have, as our brother said today, giving of what you have, there is a consequence for not giving of what you have. You can do something to get more, and you can do something to get less. You see, ingratitude is simply saying that I'm failing to acknowledge who God is. So I'm going to tell you a story that most of you are conversant with, which is the story of the nation of Israel being led from Egypt to the promised land, Canaan, by Moses. You see, you will see a map on your screen, and that map is going to help us understand some basic principles here. And I would like, you to, I would like to draw your attention to, to the map, maybe on this screen so we can all see. So this is Egypt, and they were supposed to go to the promised land, Canaan. Now, if you look at it, the blue line is showing the path that the, Egypt, the, 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 the nation of Israel took to go to the promised land. Now, the straight line distance from here to Canaan is about 8,000 kilometers. If you think about it, if I put you in Egypt and I ask you to go to Canaan, are you going to go down this way? Is there anyone who is going to choose to go down this way? You just go straight to Canaan, right? Even sometimes when, usually when I'm crossing, even if I'm crossing the street, I, I look at the shortest path to be able to cross the street to go where I'm going. But there was a reason they didn't go straight from Egypt to Canaan. And this is what God, this is what the Bible says in Exodus chapter 13 from verse 17. When Pharaoh let the people go, so after Pharaoh decided he was going to let God's people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Now, the Philistine country was around this area. God did not lead them on the road, and this is why. He said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert towards the Red Sea. So he led them this way, toward the Red Sea. So the, the Israelites left Egypt, not taking the shortest path, but they took a different path because God was trying to teach them something. You see, as time went by, they went to the wilderness of Sinai, and this at the base of your screen at the base of the cave, this is Mount Sinai where Moses received the commandments and, and presented the, the commandments to, to the people. So after, after a while, they started now heading towards the promised land and then they moved upwards and then when they got to the wilderness of Paran, God asked them to, God asked Moses to send 12 leaders of the, nations of, the nation of Israel, 12 leaders to go and spy on the promised land to prepare themselves for what God has for them. And when, they, when they, they selected the 12 people, they went all the way to Canaan and they saw what God had for them. And then they came back to report 
to Moses that this is what we saw. But 10 of them, as some of you know, 10 of them said, the people there are, are like giants and the people there are like this and like that. There's no way we are going to conquer that land. Let's not go there. But then two of them, Joshua and Caleb, said, we can't take this land. Let's go ahead and go for it. But then the nation of Israel decided to go with the, the 10 other people, and they did not believe in God's plan for them. You see, they were not thankful for how far God had brought them from Egypt. They had forgotten what he did for them when they crossed the Red Sea. They had forgotten that they were once slaves, and God had taken them through that, and now they were somewhere not under anybody but by themselves. But you see, they, instead of being grateful for what they for what God has taken them through, they decided to say that it would have been better if we were still in Egypt. And this is what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. And they said, if only we, excuse me, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? How many of us ask, ask that question? Wouldn't it be better for me to return to my old ways? Wouldn't it be better for me to lower my standards? Wouldn't it be better for me to have no moral values? Wouldn't it be better for me to join that group? Wouldn't it be better? How many of us ask that question? You see, God knew that at some point in time, they were going to ask those questions. So he decided not to take them through the shortest path. He took them through the long path. But the, the, at the end of the day, they still did not believe in God's big plan for them. And the spies took 40 days to go to the promised land and come back. But guess what? Because of their ingratitude, they didn't spend 40 days to go to the promised land. Instead, they spent 40 years. And this was as a result, not of God's plan, but it was as a result of their ingratitude. You see... I'm going to read Numbers chapter 14, verse 34, to explain something to you. It says, because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sins, then you will discover what it's like to have me as an enemy. Not believing in God's plan took them on a detour, and if we can go back to the map, Instead of moving all the way from here to Canaan, they moved this way, came back around before going back, and it took them 40 years. Sometimes the detour in your life is so that God will teach you how to trust in him so that you won't easily return to your old ways. But at other times, the detour in your life is as a consequence of your own actions. And that is what I want us to understand today. And another consequence is that we cannot have fellowship with God when we are arrogant and ungrateful. 
You see, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 1 to 2, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. And we can all agree that we are in difficult times these days. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and we see the word there, ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. You see, the Bible also says in Romans chapter, chapter 1 from 21, it says, yes, they know God, but they, won't, they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They wouldn't worship him or even give him thanks. And this is what most of us do. As I mentioned earlier, it's easy for us to go and pray to God, but it's very difficult for us to go and say thank you. And so, in order for us not to bear the consequences of our ingratitude, I'll encourage each one of us to remember always to go back to say thank you in all circumstances. I'd like to end today's message with a story about two birds. Now, there was a, a bird that lived in the desert. This bird was sick and didn't have feathers, didn't have food to eat, didn't have water to drink. And there was another bird that was a dove which was flying past the, 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 the desert. And then that dove saw the bird that was sick. And the bird that was sick asked the dove, where are you going? And the dove said, I'm going to heaven. So the bird said, when you get to heaven, please ask when my sufferings will end. Because I don't have water, I don't have food, I don't have wings, I can't fly. Please ask when my sufferings will end. And the dove said, sure, I'll do that. So the dove flew to heaven, got to heaven's gate, and remembered the request from the sick bird, asked the, the angel at heaven's gate. The bird in the desert is asking when its sufferings will end. And this is what the angel said. The angel said, it's going to take seven years before the suffering ends. Seven years. And so the dove says, say, said, if I go back and I tell this bird that it's going to take seven years, the bird will be disheartened. So what is a solution? What can I do to, to, to cheer up that bird? And this is what the angel said. Tell the bird to give thanks each day in all circumstances. Amen. So the dove flew back and on the way back met with the bird, the sick bird, and said, I'm sorry I don't have good news for you. It's going to take seven years, but the solution is for you to give thanks each day. And then the dove went on with its life, came by a few days later, just a few days later, and saw that the sick bird has grown some feathers. The sick bird was happy. The sick bird was moving around, and there was a pot of water somewhere in the desert. There was food coming from somewhere. And so the dove was surprised, and the dove said, the angel told me it's going to take about 
seven years. So I'm going to go back and ask. Of course, of course, the dove didn't say that to the bird, but went to heaven. And when the dove got to heaven's gate, said, why is it that this is happening? Because he told me it's going to take seven years. And the angel said, yes, I did say it was going to take seven years, but that the bird has been thankful in all situations. And that seven years has turned into seven days. Amen. You see, there's, and Pastor Jen mentioned that there's a link between thankfulness and victory. That bird decided that even though I don't have wings to fly, even though I don't have food to eat now, even though I don't have water to drink, I'm going to be thankful. Even when I fall on the hot sand in the desert, I'm going to be thankful. And that is the same mindset that we should have today as Christians, that we are going to be thankful in all situations. Amen. And God, who is able to change our story, will turn things around for us. Amen. So as we close today, shall we all rise to our feet? I would like to invite the worship team. And we are going to, we are going to pray in the house but I would like to say a big thank you for those who joined us online I hope you you join us next week so we can continue praising God together amen we are going to we are going to sing together and then after we'll pray because I believe praise God I know that the Lord and the word of the Lord has spoken to your life today and so I want to invite you to invite Jesus to be in control of every circumstance. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Maybe today will be the first time you prayed it. But every time you ask Jesus to be in control of everything, every part, every person in your life, God does something to bring your heart to life. So I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, to come into my life, to be in control of every part. I give you all of me, Lord. Forgive me for my sins and my disobedience and help me to serve you all the days of my life. I make you Lord over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want you to know that today, the Lord has done something in your life. Now, I also want to pray with you for those miracles in motion, those burdens. As you know, in our service on campus, we come to an altar of sacrifice, a place of decision. And we say to the Lord, God, take all of me. Take every situation. I trust you. I believe in you. This is the season where the Lord reminds us that he came to say, Emmanuel, God with us. So I'm going to pray for you right now. I want you to know that I read the messages, I read your emails, and I know the things that are weighing heavy on your heart. I love when you come to Rome and you come on campus, but even where you are right now in your country, in your city, the Holy Spirit is with you.
And so, Father, right now, we agree in prayer together for the miracle that is in motion. I pray, God, that a supernatural divine intervention would come upon your son and your daughter right now. For that one who has been sick and struggling with illness, may their faith jump alive right now. May the DNA of their body come into alignment with the way God designed it. And Father, that one who has struggled with worry and fret and fear, I pray in Jesus' name that the peace of God which passes all understanding would flow over your heart, your mind, your life, and every detail of your circumstance. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And I want you to know today, he is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah, Lord over all. You are complete in Jesus Christ. He will be with you this week. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Write us, send me an email. Let me know what God is doing in your life. We're in this thing together. We don't do life alone. And I'm standing with you for that prayer of victory and the miracle in motion. Have a fantastic week. I love you.